Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat learning session with TBA rabbinic intern Ben Siegel. So I just want to start with an intro conversation. Um, I'm sure you saw, well, I'm not sure you saw anything because no one reads emails, but um, for those of you who did read the um, the Shabbat Bulletin, um, my title has all to do with um, Thanksgiving, and I want to talk about that. Um, in full transparency and honesty, part of it is because I'm talking about the uh, Parsha that we just read um, four times, or three other times in the next week, and I wanted to teach something different. Um, but also because I think it's um, notable and interesting to talk about Thanksgiving, um, especially in the um, the entire environment that we are in right now, both as as Jews in America, um, trying to grapple with what is going on in Israel, um, trying to grapple with what it means to be Jews in America. Um, I think there's um, a lot there to talk about. So um, before we get started, I just want to get a sense of places where people know offhand that we express gratitude um, as a part of our prayers. What? When you eat, great. So um, we say we have prayers to show gratitude when we eat, both with um, all the different brachot that we say before we eat, as well as birkat hamazon and um, there are plenty of different ways of expressing gratitude for God, to God for the fact that we have food in front of us. Other thoughts? In the morning. In the morning? Wonderful. So we start out our morning, um, and this is one of the texts that we'll get into. We start out our morning, the first thing we're supposed to say is words of gratitude. Um, so much so that the first word we say is not ani moda. Um, but moda um, ani, that the first word is gratitude, and only then we express who's um, expressing it. Yeah, Joey? Asher Yatsar, after you go to the restroom. Asher Yatsar, wonderful. Um, a prayer that we say after going to the restroom, it's also baked into the morning prayers with an understanding, among other things, that we probably, before we leave home in the morning, we're going to have to use the restroom as well, but uh, it's a prayer that it, um, we're not going to get into it, so I'll just say a little bit more. It's a prayer that expresses gratitude for the fact that our bodies are working and the fact that even one thing not working with our bodies could be um, wholly um, detrimental to our ability to survive. Um, we're full, our bodies are very complicated things and we're expressing gratitude to God that they are working um, as they should in allowing us to um, take in nutrients and pass out what we don't need. Um, other thoughts? Um, yeah, the whole Shema is sort of this um, loving kindness that we're expressing towards God, um, and that's coming out of gratitude. Other ideas? Pretty big list already. Yeah, Shachar, uh, the first prayers that we say, in, at least in this minion here, um, are all different prayers expressing gratitude for different things. Um, Judaism is a religion of gratitude, among many other things. And so I want to dive into a couple of those things um, because one of the fun things um, that we'll get into is that um, 
one of the words that we use for gratitude in Hebrew, hodu, um, also has another meaning um, in modern Hebrew, at least, which is turkey. So these two things are um, just as they are uh, linked together in the American tradition. There's also a nice little Hebrew linkage. And um, going into Thanksgiving, I think it's important that we ground our gratitude, not just as um, Americans who are grateful for all the different things that we get to experience here in America, but as Jews who can be grateful for all sorts of different things as well. Yeah, I'm going to pass these out, but go ahead. Great. So we're going to um, go through a couple of different prayers that are a part of regular liturgy, um, some that we talked about, some that we didn't, and um, just kind of dive into them and explore where this gratitude comes from um, and what it many different ways that we can go about expressing it, but the common thread with all of these are <laughs> a basis of gratitude um, that um, we get to live life, really. Um, so the first prayer, like I mentioned, is the prayer that we say um, every morning as we wake up. I give thanks to you, living and everlasting sovereign, for you have restored my soul with mercy. Great is your faithfulness. So what, what understanding of gratitude do you get from this? Where does this gratitude coming from? That you woke up. That you get to see another day. That you get to see another day, yeah. We, it's very easy when, you're, when one's um, life is plenty of mornings waking up to take that for granted and the first thing that our tradition tells us to do when we wake up every morning is not take it for granted. Um, because as we were talking about earlier today in the Lunch and Learn, there will be a day at some point for all of us where that isn't the case. Um, God willing, it will be far into the future for all of us. But we know we're very aware of the fact that we don't get to live forever. And so taking um, a moment to start our days off in gratitude that, hey, we get another day. Um, is huge. Uh, there's an understanding um, that's built within this. Um, uh, that our soul is being returned to us every day. There's a, an understanding in Judaism that our soul is given to God every night when we go to bed. Um, and then it's returned to us in the morning. That there's a there are some texts that talk about, I forget what the exact fraction is, but that sleep is like 130th or 160th uh, a death. Um, and that's because our soul is leaving us when we go to bed. And when we wake up, it's being returned to us. So there's a real sense of we, we've survived that. It's a real ordeal that we've survived. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is just like starting out the day. Uh, the next text... Uh, that I want to dive into, uh, Psalm 136. Um, this is one of the ones that we sing a lot here. Um, it's a part of the Shabbat morning liturgy. Um, we sing it um, as a part of the additions to um, Birkot HaShachar in the morning, um, right before, it's a couple of Psalms before we say Ashrei. Um, and it starts out with this idea of um, Praise God, for he is good. God's steadfast love is eternal. And this idea of God's steadfast love is eternal repeats time and time and time again after each thing that we thank God for. Um, 
Praise the God of gods. God's steadfast love is eternal. Praise the Lord of lords. God's steadfast love is eternal. And then it goes into all these different things that God does for us. Who alone works great marvels. Who made the heavens with wisdom. Who spread the earth over the water. Uh, who made the great lights, the sun to dominate the day, the moon and the stars to dominate the night, who struck Egypt through their firstborn and brought Israel out of their midst with a strong hand and outstretched arm, who split apart the sea of reeds uh, and made Israel pass through it, who hurled Pharaoh and his army into the sea of reeds, who led his people through the wilderness, who struck down great kings and slew mighty kings, Sichun, uh, king of the Amorites, O king of Bashan, and gave their land as a heritage, um, a heritage to God's servant Israel, who took note of us in our degradation and rescued us from our enemies, who gives food to all flesh. Praise the God of heaven. God's steadfast love is eternal. And between each line that I said, we normally say, Kilom Chesto, God's steadfast love is eternal. But for the sake of time, I didn't say it as we were reading through this. Um, what do we get out of this understanding of gratitude? It's a slightly different one. I guess God lives forever. So there's a sense that God is eternal. And as a result of that, God's ability to be a source of gratitude for us is eternal as well. That um, there are plenty of people in our life who we're grateful for, and they may come in and out of our lives, but God has the ability to be there for us as a recipient of our gratitude forever. Yeah, great. Other thoughts? God, yeah, God's watching out for us. There's all these different things that God is doing for us. Um, it's a gratitude that comes out of an understanding that um, it's not just gratitude for God's existence, but a gratitude of, of thanks. Thank you for all these different things you've done for us. And as a result, we're going to express this gratitude for each and every individual thing. Yeah. God is also there for healing. Yeah, there's, um, there's a sense that God is going to right the wrongs in the world. If we look through this, we start with creation and we make it all the way to um, redemption to the Jewish people making it into um, the land of Israel. And that's coming out of a sense of slowly righting the wrongs, right? That it's not that we were slaves in Egypt and it's not like the next day we were free in the land of Israel, um, but that the, um, to paraphrase a quote from uh, Martin Luther King Jr., that the, um, the arc of history bends towards justice um, and that justice is coming from God and from God's acts. Yeah, to repeat the quote, this I, I'm paraphrasing it because I don't remember it exactly, but that the arc of history bends towards justice. And what's going on here is that God is, the text is saying, yes, that's true. And also it's because of God's intervening in the world. Other thoughts on what this, what might be similar between this gratitude and the gratitude we saw in Modet Ani? Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. So immediately after Modani, we also, not immediately after, but fairly quickly after we say it, we start listing gratitude for all different things, that the rooster can wake us up in the morning, that, um, that God has the ability to give sight to the blind, um, 
that um, we're clothed, that we're free, that we um, that we found strength in the morning to actually get up. All these different things are expressed in those prayers after Moda Ani, which are linked through the Siddur at least. And this is also a very um, sequential list of things. Great. Um, so I want to um, take a little bit of a turn with the text that we're going to look at next. Um, it's from Brachot, um, but it's related again to something that we're going to see in liturgy. Um, so uh, Rob Yehuda said that Rob said, four must offer thanks to God with a thanks offering and a special blessing. They are seafarers, those who walk in the desert, and one who was ill and recovered, and one who was incarcerated in prison and went out. And all of these appear in the verse of a psalm, which I didn't include um, here, but um, I promise you it's a proper proof text. Um, this idea that, so why would it be that these people in particular would have to offer thanks to God with a special blessing? Yeah, they're heavily at risk. What, yeah, they have not had, um, they have put their hands into God to a certain extent. Um, and as a result of it, uh, they're supposed to show gratitude that God um, pulled them out of these risky situations and let them continue on uh, living. So um, these lists have been updated into the modern day Certainly all of these people um, would be included, but I know of people saying that if you, I know in some communities, they will say every time you go on a flight, you should be saying this prayer, which um, we're going to see in a second is Birkat Hagomel, which frankly, I would love to hear more often. Um, not because people, um, not because I want there to be more opportunities for people to say it, chas v'shalom, uh, but because we are so often in situations where this is the case, and we don't necessarily express our gratitude afterwards that we made it out of those situations. So, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, it's very common um, for people to say Birkat Hagomel in particular when they go um, when they make a trip to Israel. When they come back, to say Birkat Hagomel. Um, but there are some who will say it after every flight they take saying that being a prayer, uh, being a, um, on a plane is akin to being a seafarer. Um, the one, the reason that we see it most commonly said in our congregation is because of someone who was ill and recovered. Um, and this, re this um, relates to all sorts of illness as well. So it can be like life-threatening illness, but another one that's very common is after childbirth. It's considered commonplace for a woman to say Birkat Hagomel after the fact, because even though um, thankfully today it is not nearly as risky as it once was, it's still a risky thing. It's still that we still see people um, experience all sorts of complications from it. And so as a result of that risk that is inherent within it, even though modern medicine has pulled some of that out of it, uh, it gives us pause and so as a result, um, we're able to use that as an opportunity for people to say it. I have 
Right. So they didn't have cars back then, but that would also be, so the, what was shared is what about car accidents? And um, that would also be to a certain extent going into this category of one who was ill because there's the opportunity for deathly, for moral injury in a car accident. And even if that isn't the case, I know it's very, that's one of the other examples where I see it very commonplace in congregations for one who's been in a car accident to say Birkat HaGomel as a result. Um, so on the next page, um, I've included it. Um, this is the, um, what it has um, at the beginning is basically um, exactly, this is out of a CDOR, um, but what it has at the beginning is there just to show you that um, there are some CDORIM that include it. The important thing that I wanted to add here um, right before the blessing in the bold, it says it is uh, proper not to delay the recital of the blessing for more than three days. So we have a little bit of wiggle room, but uh, there's an idea that in expressing this gratitude, it's not right for us to delay the expression of gratitude that we've been saved. And if we go about it willy nilly waiting three days, a bunch of different, more than three days, a bunch of different things could happen. Anyone? think of some reasons why it would be worthwhile for us to not delay saying this. What? Yeah. Why, why would it be important to not delay saying Birkat HaGomel? Right. Yeah. So you wait until someone's returned from the trip, but why would it be important once you get back from that trip or once you've found dry land again after seafaring or after you've actually survived, which can be a little bit of a gray area. Why would it be important? Yeah, here. We have a tendency to forget. Yeah. If, ben? if we wait around forever, it may never happen. And we may forget about that gratitude, right? Um, I ben? know um, I've been in a car accident before and I know I was really shaken up afterwards. Um, and slowly years have gone by and I'm not as shaken up. And I unfortunately have to say that I'm not, for plenty of different reasons, I'm probably not as grateful today for the fact that I survived that car accident than I was the day that I actually survived it. And that's just a, um, a reality of life. Yeah, Taibo? Um, I wanted to say, at least in my experience as someone who's had to say it all too often and also family members, part of what ritual can do is help with the transition so in the case, it was actually a family member who needed to be home a long time after surgery and then going back to school, the family member was anxious about the transition. So the Shabbos before he went back to school, he did go mail. And that was part of helping to mark a transition that this is over and it's now okay. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not just the being grateful. It's a, a good ritual will help you move through that liminal moment to a new thing. So that's what Gomel can do too. Yeah, absolutely. A sense of uh, reframing a mindset of saying, this was the place I was in. I was in a risky place and I'm no longer in that risky place. There's gratitude inherent in the prayer and in what it says, um, but it does also help with that transition. There, there's a lot of mental energy that needs to be expended to be able to go from one thought process to another. Yeah. So the, so what, 
there's a, there is a potential for risk every day, but the important, what our tradition says is to a certain extent, there's an inherent risk of, um, there's inherent risk every day we live, right? As going back to what we said with Moda'ani, we know one day we won't be able to wake up and say Moda'ani. And so there's certain prayers that we say as expressing our gratitude um, and just generally for the fact that we get to live. But then there are specific prayers that we should say when we've lived through experiences that are a lot less common to live through. That's really what this prayer is getting at. So I want to dive into it. Um, so that we can discuss it for a few minutes so that we can um, end Shabbat when um, on time, assuming Mashiach does not come in the next 20-something minutes. Um, so the prayer um, here is, uh, um, it's in the bold. Uh, Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who bestows goodness upon the guilty, who has bestowed every goodness upon me. And then the congregation responds to that. The one who has bestowed goodness upon you, may that one bestow uh, every goodness upon you forever. So what, what's the prayer's understanding of gratitude in, in this case then? That you should always be grateful. That you should always be grateful. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, there, that the fact that we've survived this thing shouldn't stick with us, shouldn't stay with us in the past a sense that we have continued on um, and that that gratitude should stay with us forever. Yeah. Other thoughts? Upon the guilty. Interesting. So um, it's one translation, by the way, um, that I decided to go with because I wanted someone to ask that question. Um, So the Hebrew word is chayavim. It's the one who... um, who is um, obliged in something. And one of the ways that the tradition can use this is an understanding that you may have, it it gets into this idea of um, God intervened in this moment to a certain extent, that whatever was about to happen in terms of you not making it, somehow God intervened and now you made it as a result. So it's not necessarily guilty as in like you did something wrong, but as in you were on track for this bad thing to happen to you, and for whatever reason, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I want to refocus. Yeah, I want to refocus, though. Where does this gratitude come out of in, in this prayer? Or like, let me, let me refocus in a different direction, actually. Why is there congregational involvement in this? We have all these different prayers, which we can say in a congregation, right? Um, But most of us are not waking up surrounded by a million's worth of people. And yet we say moda'ani. All these different prayers that we've gone through thus far, we don't need a minion for. But this one thing we're supposed to say with other people. Not only that, we normally say it um, as a part of Torah service. So... What's so important about saying this in community? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a sense of gratitude from the community that um, we still have this community member with us. Were you going to share? Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, gratitude for the other people in our lives as well. You know, after someone has been through a scary incident like this, to hear not just 
to not just be able to express gratitude to God that they made it through the incident, but to see their community expressing gratitude to God that they've made it through that incident as well as a way of the community saying, we're grateful for you as well, right? It's not just gratitude for God. It's gratitude that this person is still in our community. Um, and that in those moments that um, are potentially near-death experiences, being able to no longer, to not feel lonely in that moment is huge. To not have to sit in that moment by yourself can be really helpful in terms of, um, like Taiba was talking about, transitioning through the moment into, um, into whatever comes next, whatever life is ahead, because um, the scary situation is no more. So it can be recited at any Torah service. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not something, ideally in a situation, um, the community will know and will automatically give an aliyah to that person so that they can come up to the Torah and say it. But if the community doesn't know for whatever reason, um, then proactively requesting um, and saying, hey, before Torah service ever starts, whoever the Gabbai is who's overseeing giving out Aliot, saying, hey, I want to say go, Mel, um, allows the service to know, whoever's running the service to know, hey, this person wants to say go, Mel, we should set aside that ability and make sure that we don't run past Torah service without giving them the experience. Great question. Um, so uh, as we turn into th this Thanksgiving, um, there's a lot of different ways we could have talked about Thanksgiving in Judaism. Um, there's all sorts of different texts about um, rabbis discussing whether or not it's okay to celebrate. Short answer is yes. Um, but um, I wanted to talk about gratitude because it's so ingrained in our tradition and because this link between gratitude and Judaism and gratitude and Thanksgiving uh, is something that we really need to hold with us right now at this time where there's so much that we aren't able to be quite as grateful for, um, being able to take a moment and say, there are these things in our lives that we're grateful for, all these little moments that we woke up in the morning and our soul was returned to us, um, that we as the Jewish people still exist. We need to express gratitude for those moments because those moments haven't left us. Even as there is so much that isn't right in the world, there, is, there are still these moments of rightness and it's incumbent upon us to take advantage of all of those moments by expressing gratitude. My prayer for all of us is that we can have many, many more moments of gratitude in the next weeks, months, years to come. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.